Good morning, tappers. Good morning,、oh. tappers. Excuse me, it was my time. <laughs> <laughs> I just had, I had to release it. Okay, I saw you lean into the mic though. So... <laughs> Don't be playing. Okay, you weren't、that. supposed to see that. <laughs> well, then turn off your camera. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll put my thumb over it. Okay, proceed. Here's your time. Okay. Good morning, Dabbas. And welcome back to another episode of Crime on Tap. So yeah, I feel like nothing, nothing's been going on with me. No, nothing's changed. It has been a little spicy around here. This past weekend was really nice.、Mm-hmm. Enjoyed ourselves. I went out to the club. My first time at the club in a long time. With whom's did you go to the club? Well, my good old pal Olivia.、Um, we went to El Hefe's and we we're just shaking our asses on the bar. <laughs> oh my god, fun! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we both needed it. It's just been a lot going on, and、mm-hmm. we were like, we just need to go to the club and like shake our fat asses. Well, I love that for you. And I'm still, I'm out here. I'm still out here dodging COVID, Marie. You know, let's just try not to get her. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, she's tapping into everybody. <laughs> I know. I mean, she's really elusive. Like. Really, she's like, "Hi, I'm gone," and then she just shows up every now, now and again. I mean, you got it not so long ago, and now Leah's got it,、mm-hmm. or she's getting over it, or just gotten over it, and she's got a baby on the way. So, like, I don't know how that works. She seems pretty like happy about it. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, my baby will have immunity." <laughs> yeah, like super immunity. Like, I don't. Know, is that how that works? I don't know. I don't know, but I know a bunch of pregnant women. Okay, only two others that have had COVID while pregnant, and it's you know been fine. Yeah,、so. yeah. Which I guess it's not really a thing, but like I'm getting kind of nervy because there's some like neighborhoods in Boston that are reinstating the mask mandate, and I'm like,、oh, God, I thought we were like done with that. Well, here's the、which、thing: I, is that we're we're just gonna keep going back and forth and doing it unless we just charge through. We just gotta charge through it, get through、right. it. We can't keep going back and forth. I know, and like out of the four of us, I've been the least like cautious, and I haven't gotten it. So, what's that say about masks? They don't work. <laughs> I say I thought of this joke, so I'm gonna say it. Okay. Call co- call Miss COVID Britney Spears because she's the comeback queen. <laughs> Is Britney making her comeback? Oh my god, her comeback, her book. Yeah, well, and then but like before that, remember she released.、Um, Give me, give me more, give me more, give me. More. <laughs> What's that circus? What song's that? No, it's the song "Give Me More." <laughs> it's like the crowd is saying, "Give me, give me more, give me more." <laughs> okay, can you believe? Remember in college, she came out with "Work Bitch." Oh yeah, you better work, bitch. See, she's a comeback queen. Yeah, like I, I mean, at that point in time, we never even were like, "Oh my god, she's dying in a conservatorship." We're just like, oh, the queen's making music. Yeah, and now it's been like forever <laughs> since she's made a song, and it's like we need、mm-hmm. her back.、Mm-hmm. I well, do. maybe. Oh my、to. god, we have, we haven't talked about her miscarriage. Oh, I know, which is、that. so sad. But like, I'm, I mean, I'm not too mad about it because I'm like, okay, this gives her time to like go back on tour. You know, <laughs> she's not worried about raising another child. So make more music and get back on tour. Like, I'm ready to go see a like a show. Well, and my mother has always said God doesn't give us more than we can handle, and I think Brittany is just—it's not—it's not time. Right. I also wonder if she was actually ever pregnant. <laughs> well, she probably thought it was the Chinese food or something she ate. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I, God bless. That's all I gotta say is God bless. <laughs> well, does that feel so bizarre? Like, why couldn't she? Like, was she really under that much control where she couldn't have a baby, or like she couldn't even like the off chance, like, oh my god, random, you know, the condom broke and I got pregnant, like during the conservatorship. Well, all of a they, sudden, like, it ended, and now she's pregnant. Well, they said that they forced her to have an IUD, so. That's insane. Like, wait, what's the IUD? Is that the one you put in manually? Yeah. Or like, the one it's, in your arm? No, that's the next Blanon. The The IUD is, like, the, the, the U-shaped thingy that they actually, like, put inside you. Yeah. But she couldn't – can you take that out yourself? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, you can't? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I've heard that, like, um, guys have hit it before. <laughs> well, I I tried to get it, but um, she's like, it's going to be hard because you've never had a kid before. Um, oh. And she tried it, and it, like, didn't go in, and then I vomited. So that's my experience with the IUD. Wait, you vomited? What happened? I don't know. It was just like, wait, was it painful? Yeah, it was painful. Oh my god! Like, what? Where does it go up there? I don't even know where it goes. It goes like past your cervix. So, and since she said my cervix has never been breached because I haven't had a child, it you know oh it god. may not work, and well, it can didn't. Nick help? And like, can I Nick it? <laughs> no, that would be that would be like a medical issue. <laughs> Okay, but I've heard, like, guys have been, like, known to, like, hit the IUD before. I mean, like, I guess you can... said that, like, they've felt it. I mean, I guess you can bump it, but I don't know if you can, like, breach it. <laughs> like, that's... Oh, my God. Oh, that's, like, and this high. is why... I don't know, I don't know ha- the anatomy ha- of the, the vagina. Let's Happy Pride Month, Sean, trying to figure out what a cervix is. <laughs> Okay, we don't know where we are. We're having audio difficulties. <laughs> so let's just pick up at... Um, thank you guys so much for joining mm-hmm. us on another episode of Come On Tap. Here we are. Um, it's Monday. We had a great weekend. It's nice out. Summertime is here. Megan, I think it's time that we get into the pour for the four. Oh my God, I love it. And I am drinking polar orange vanilla or seltzer. What are you drinking? And I am drinking, once again, my Good & Gather because I'm on a budget here. Living in the big city of Boston, um, you know, I got to pay my rent, you know, got to pay for gas because gas is getting really expensive out here. Um, $80 to fill my tank. I can barely afford my little saucers. So it's an issue, Biden. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> and it's just going to go up. Let's be honest. Yep. Well, my dad's been like doomsday prepping because he's saying that like, oh, have you heard they're, they're prepping for... Um, double digits on the gas pumps and the gas pumps weren't made to handle double digit numbers and i'm like dad why do you live like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't care yeah so we're out here we're struggling but we're still here recording karma tap so i got my seltzer that's it's keeping me happy these days i love it and follow us at crime on tap pod (laughs) this is such a fucking mess (laughs) 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 <laughs> just, just saying shit now <laughs> just follow us please I'm, I'm trying to pay for gas here please for the love of god <laughs> but I guess without further ado let's just get into this damn episode because we're both fucking tired alright kick it into your hot toppies you're here <laughs>
Okay, ready to my first one. So, yeah, Megan, I got I got two I got two here that I f- totally forgot we talked about. I think in season one, but I'm bringing them back because they're fucking good up good ones to talk about, and they're local. We like to talk about local stories here because nothing ever fucking happens in New Hampshire and in Vermont. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to bring a bring awareness. These these two states still exist, and yes, they are states. Yeah, and the, yep, they're one of the uh, fifty. There's fifty states, right? They're they're. <laughs> I don't this isn't a geography podcast, so I don't fucking know. Okay. There's like fifty or fifty-two, I can't remember. <laughs> I like I feel like in school they're like, oh, there's fifty, but there's then like Hawaii and Alaska, it's fifty-two. But like if you actually count them, is there actually fifty? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Where's Leah? She's our resident geography expert. Good thing that we don't have to take the um since we were born in America, we don't have to take those really hard quizzes to become um citizens because we would lose. We'd fail. <laughs> you know what? I thought about that. I was thinking that. I was like, <laughs> after our performance on um, World History Month or <laughs> Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Day. <laughs> our, our lackluster performance for that quiz was just like so terrible. I thought about if we ever had to take their like U.S. knowledge nationalization <laughs> test called. <laughs> we're the one you got to take to get enter it into the the america or whatever like we would fail it immediately yeah i don't know why they like quizzed you it's like you don't have to know shit about america the history of america <laughs> to live here but whatever i know like i don't know anything about it i'm still here mm-hmm. yeah so we don't know geography but we know we do know that new hampshire is a state and my next story is about new hampshire oh no my next story is about vermont <laughs> kick <laughs> it into here stories? Kick in the gear. All right. So this next story is, um, it's a little personal for me because I had actual interaction with this man um, who is a potential murderer, um, double murderer, in fact. Um, his name is none other than Nathan Carmen. And I get nervous saying his name because I met him in person and he is, he is terrifying. Um, but if you guys forgot, I'm pretty sure we talked about Nathan Carmen on season one of Crime on Tap. And I think... At that point, too, I was still nervous to talk about him because he's just a scary person in general. Um, but back in um, – so to start, I'm going to do a quick rundown um, because he's currently in the news again um, as of late. So back in 2013, Nathan Carmen's grandfather was shot to death in his sleep in Windsor, um, New Hampshire. Um, he was shot with a rifle three times and still to this day – there is no nobody is confirmed as the suspect who killed him. Um, the prime suspect is Nathan Carmen, his grandson. Um, but it's still it's in court today. Finally, he's being tried for um, the uh, killing of his grandfather. Um, but that was back in 2013. Um, his grandfather died, and his grandfather is very important because his grandfather was a millionaire. He had tens of millions of dollars. He was a nursing home developer in New Hampshire and he ran all these nursing homes and made all this, he's made his big fortune on this. He's a real estate developer and all this shit. Mm -hmm. Um, So in 2013, his grandfather passed away and Nathan received himself over $550,000 in a college fund and an additional $400,000 in an account that was named to him and his mother, Linda. Um, now, this is also very important because in 2016, Linda was um, – she died. She died at sea because of what they think is Nathan's fault. 
So um, again, in 2016, Nathan arranged for him and his mother to go offshore tuna fishing um, in a boat called the Chicken Pox, in which Nathan purchased um, with all the money that he got from his grandfather passing away. Um, they left on September 17th, 2016. And the next day, the boat failed to return back to the marina and um, the U.S. Coast Guard launched a exhaustive search to find Nathan and his mother, Linda. Um, after eight days of searching, a freight liner um, or a freight, yeah, a freight What's it called? A freighter, a freighter ship uh, found Nathan on a dinghy or a lifeboat, but I like to say dinghy, um, <laughs> um, floating away. This was eight days later after the boat sank. Um, and there's Nathan crying for help like a little bitch. Uh, help me, help me, help me. Uh, I survived. My mom drowned. She's gone. She's missing. Um, so they brought him to land and he said, yep, yeah, my mom died. I don't know what happened to her. The boat sank. Can't find her. Um, so from there, Nathan, you know, since she died and all this money was left into her name from her grandfather, he was to get it as well. So now there's this big court proceeding that's going to be going on um, with Nathan. He's currently being indicted in the state of Vermont on charges of, um, what's the word? Murder? Procuracy, procuracy <laughs> or what's the word? Premeditation or whatever. Oh, yeah. For killing not only his grandfather, but also orchestrating the death of his mother. Um, so what also is interesting about this was after the his disappearance at sea with the chicken pox. Now, this was a big case. It was on like ABC. There was a 2020 episode when Nathan... Um, and everything he filed an $85,000 insurance claim over the boat that sank. Um, now Nathan was smart, he they are saying that he planned and orchestrated the whole sinking of the ship. So, the eventual insurance claim that case ended up in federal court in Rhode Island and it was rejected because of the unsafe alterations Nathan made to the boat before taking it, um, taking it out to sea. So it is said that he allegedly removed two forward bulkheads and trimmed tabs from the stern that um, allowed holes to be in the whole the whole casing while it was in the water. So there there's conspiracy that or it's alleged that Nathan altered the boat to purposely sink at sea, and so his mother would die and that he would um, have the lifeboat to. Um, collect all this money that was being passed down from his grandfather now how fucked up is that <laughs> well and it was three late three years after his grandfather so you know that he he'd been planning this he was waiting he was not gonna oh. be hasty about it he was gonna make it look like too well that is pretty brilliant i gotta say that's mastermind behavior yeah i mean it, it he was planning this from even before his grandfather died so in 2012 and 2013 there's evidence of him asking questions to his grandfather's financial advisor about the operations of his trust and how it would be passed down to not only Nathan, but also to his four daughters. So Linda and her three sisters were all in the trust to get all this money. Um, there's also court documents that are been noted from the indictment um, saying that he began spending what 
the indictment calls a significant amount of time with his grandfather before his passing. Um, and there's also evidence showing that his grandfather uh, persuaded Nathan's mother to make Nathan the sole beneficiary on her um, the, on her um, her will or whatever in the case if she died or passed away. So Nathan was putting in the work in mm-hmm. 2012 and 2013 before his grandfather even passed and made sure that his name was written on all these documents before not only his grandfather's passing, but his mom's passing. So once he found out once, or once he found out that um, his name was going to be on the line, beginning these millions of dollars, he, there's also evidence that he purchased a rifle in New Hampshire um, and it doesn't say it's confirmed that he killed his grandfather, but it's very likely that he did so. Um, but killed his grandfather and then eventually killed his mother. Now, we're, my my take comes in is that I was working at a little electrical company over in New Hampshire. And Nathan would come in every now and again. And every time he would come in, I would run. I would, I would literally run to the back room. And I would yell for my coworker, Tim, be like, Tim, Nathan's coming. Go, please help him. Cause I can't do this. He was very, <laughs> very intimidating. Um, and he had, he had a mental illness. He had something, I don't know what it was, but he had some, I'm pretty sure it was some sort of autism because he had some very social, like he didn't have social awareness and like, didn't know how to speak to people. It was very like, dry in conversation and almost like it was just like very scary and like intimidating to speak to him um but yeah there's also court or court documents saying that he had a mental illness um that was untreated for 17 years so there's also something going on there and he's like his own lawyer he doesn't have any lawyers in this he is doing this all himself which is also equally terrifying <laughs> if he they better start um freaking signing the rights to a movie because i'd watch the hell of this i mean it's insanely brilliant what he did but it's also insane in another regard because he killed off his grandfather and his mom to collect all this money <laughs> mm-hmm. well it's just interesting that he was able to convince his grandfather to like be the agent for him to convince his mother like it's just Right. For someone who has no social skills, he was definitely able to manip a lot. He, yes, and his three aunts like hate hate him. Like, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, they are suspecting that he killed off two of their family members, their father and their sister, and he's trying to get away with taking all this money because now that his mom is out, his mom put him as his beneficiary. So he's in line as much as the sisters are to collect all this money from the grandfather. So it's just like a whole shit show going on here. He's currently being tried um, in federal court. Um, What is he being convicted of? If I was those Uh, sisters, I'd watch out. (laughs) I'm that's, I was saying, I mean, I would be fucking scared. I would at night, like just knowing what he's capable of, I would be kind of fucking freaked out. Um, but Nathan is currently facing four counts of wire fraud, three counts of mail fraud, and one count of first-degree murder. Um, and he's set to reappear in court next week. 
Um, if he's convicted on these murders, well, I guess he's being really tried for the murder of his mother at the being lost at sea. Um, it's, it comes with faces. It comes with a mandatory life imprisonment um, and each charge could carry out potential penalty of up to 30 years of prison time. So I'd like to just talk about this case because I had direct interaction with the man and I can rightfully say that um, I think he fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just from my little interactions I have with him, it's, it, oh, he gives off creeper vibes. Well, I so, I wish this was televised because I'd like him. I'd like to see him be his own lawyer. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I mean, I feel like he could do it. He's, I don't know. He's very like. It seems like he could be very strategic, mm-hmm. like diabolical. I don't know. I mean, you have but to there's... be to like kill your own family members. There has to be some evil evilness, you know. <laughs> But we'll have to post images of him arriving to court because it's literally him walking on the street and he has like, like, um, uh, file, like file documents. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a suitcase on wheels, but it's not a suitcase. It's like a plastic container with all these documents in it. And he's like rolling them down the street and carrying them into the courtroom. It's insane. Oh my God. Like, like... I, I wouldn't doubt if he wins, honestly. Like, he's a kid that um, has, like, a rolly backpack in 2002 yeah. <laughs> bring it to school. But he's, he's just bringing it to federal court. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But we'll have to keep you guys updated on this mm-hmm. case. I know I'm, like, so interested in it. But, Megan, kick us into second gear. Second gear is, unfortunately, we have another shooting. Um, mm. This is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And has left four people dead um and i believe 10 others wounded not fatally um and this happened at a doctor's office at the saint francis hospital medical building so you know it has like Mm. it's like a big hospital has a bunch of like you know doctor's office the hospital radiation orthopedics you know so it's like a big campus um yeah and uh this happened wednesday evening um and the gunman um then shot themselves in the head and died on scene um and so the identity of the victims and the gunman haven't been released so this is like hot off the presses oh we and, are on it um the motive is not known and it'll probably be hard unless you know they've written a joel guy jr manifest because they're dead right. um but has been described as a black male between the ages of 35 and 40 who had a long gun and a handgun both weapons were fired um and so this is luckily the the police arrived in a timely manner um and so that because that's been like a big criticism has been like that they're not arriving fast but they arrived safely they they didn't arrive safely but they arrived there there was a school nearby so they secured the school they mm-hmm. um and it was multiple buildings so the shootings happened on the first building so all the people in like the second third like floors were activated <laughs> were evacuated <laughs> were activated holy spirit activate activate <laughs> activate <laughs> I'm sure in Oklahoma there is talking about the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. And 
Later, police were tipped off that there may be a bomb left in a residence in Muscogee, Oklahoma, which is 50 miles from Tulsa. Um, Mm -hmm. But they went and there was no bomb there. Um, You know, we haven't had a good bombing in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We thought we were going to get a twofer. I mean, you know, they always are talking about like, oh, there's been a bomb. Like they, they had a bomb or like they left a bomb, but like the bomb never goes off. Are people just, like, not knowing how to, like, do this or what? <laughs> like, I'm not encouraging it. I'm just, like, there's always a bomb that never goes off. Well, apparently there was no bomb found. So it was, like, a, okay, good. a bad tip. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is, like, the story is going to be developing. But there's just a lot of, in the you know, people being, like, what's going on with the world, you know. And also going to a doctor's office. Like, what? I mean what could the motive be there maybe abortion i don't know but it was just like a you know general practitioners ageism ageism, because a lot of old people go to the doctor a lot i don't know um so we'll we'll have to yeah keep posted let's also piggyback off that and talk about wasn't there like a bunch of mass shootings or something over memorial day weekend oh about that no i haven't i didn't see that there was like 22 or something mass shootings over the weekend but, like, it's so odd. Like, to me, what is... I, we need a solid definition of a mass shooting. Because if one or two people die, is that a mass shooting? <laughs> well, know? I feel like if you're going to a public place with a lot of people there with the intention to massacre, I would say that's a mass shooting. Whether but, a number of people die or not, I would say it's the intention. Yeah. I agree. It's just, like, I don't know. I, I don't understand these statistics. Because, like, yes, the one that happened in Texas, I would consider a mass shooting. But, like, if one person dies and then they just throw it into the stat to make it seem like this drastic number of mass shootings going on when we don't have a solid definition of what a mass shooting is. I feel like if it's in a public place, like, I I wouldn't think that um, Nathan Carmichael or whatever his name is (laughs) killing his grandfather, I wouldn't call that a mass shooting. But if he went into like one of the old people homes and shot that up i would consider that a mass shooting whether no one died or not right is that all you have for um tulsa yes all right so am i to my third gear here mm-hmm. what do i have oh it's another local another local story that i feel like we talked about before but um i gotta bring it back into attention because there's been an update on it um so we're going back to new hampshire here good old new england and this is another personal case that we have because one of our friends, Leah, the loyal tapper that she is, I think I think in the past she said that she's she knew the person that passed away or she knew something about the case. Um, but it revolves around a man named by the name of Armando Barron from Cheshire County. I won't give the exact town because then they'll give away like our location. Yeah. <laughs> Leah's and everything, but we lived in the same town that this happened. Um and recently he was just sentenced to life without the parole or life without possibility of parole for the 2020 murder murder of Jonathan Amaralt. Now I'm going to give a brief little synopsis of what happened here because it's kind of fucking crazy and it kind of gives Joel Guy Jr. vibes and like he's like our favorite ever to talk about. Yeah. Shout out Joel Guy if you're listening to this. We love your manifesto. <laughs> JGJ. <laughs> JGJ. JK. JK. Um, but, but this happened back in 2020, which I didn't, I didn't think this happened in during quarantine. 
this was September 19, 2020. So this was like peak, peak COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Armando Barron found messages between his wife and a coworker um, that she worked with. And his name was Jonathan. Um, so throughout that night of him finding the messages, Armando beat up his wife and he used her phone to lure Jonathan to a, um, a local park in the area. Um, and where at this park, they met up with him and Armando ordered his wife to cut this guy's uh, Jonathan's wrist and to stand on his neck while Armando beat him. Um, now, remind you, this is all over some text messages. And from what I was reading, it's alleged that like there wasn't even like an affair going on. It was like they were just friends, and Armando kind of like misread the situation and kind of took things like to the extreme. Well, I even if she was like raw dogging with Jonathan, there's no reason to murder. Okay, you just get a divorce. Right. You know, there's other ways to like handle that situation. Right. Um, so from there, Armando placed a gun in his wife's hand and told her to shoot Jonathan and she refused to shoot him. So instead of just like, okay, like we're just going to let him go. Armando shot him in the chest and then also shot him in the head. And from there they took separate cars and Armando forced his wife to drive with um, the dead body 200 miles north to another town in New Hampshire, um, where they arrived at a campsite and where Armando forced his wife to remove Jonathan's head with a saw. Oh my. With a handsaw. I mean, oh my God. This just gets, I mean, this kind of shit just doesn't happen in New Hampshire. So this is why I like to kind of talk about it because like this just does not happen. This doesn't happen many places, I'd say. (laughs) I know. Um, So they're thinking that Armando wanted to cut off the head and to dispose of the body and the head in different locations to try to make it harder for authorities to identify the body. But it's like, I don't understand because you just do fingerprints and shit these days. So yeah, dental record. You know who's missing. Yeah, they're going to look at the text messages and the phone records and see that they were talking to one another, you know? So um, Armando then left his wife with the body of Jonathan and the severed head for several days, and he instructed his wife to bury the, the body separate from the head. So apparently they were at some campsite, and he just left her there to stay with the body, to take care of it or whatever. Um and yeah so from there i mean it's only been two years and we have a verdict um in the case and i just want to read a quote from uh jonathan's father who was at the uh hearing for the verdict and i love it it's so iconic um (laughs) he says you are a coward you had to ambush and attack jonathan with knives a machete and guns just to take him down a wife beater disgusting despicable you mentioned or he says this is my favorite quote you mentioned to john you have a revolver called the judge um now we have another judge here today who will decide your miserable fortune how iconic was that (laughs) yes a play on words like of the century 
I love the the flair for the dramatic that Jonathan's father has. See, uh, this would be another great movie. Two great movies yes. that need to be made. I mean, this is definitely a lifetime movie. Like, there's romance mm-hmm. and everything involved. Like, this is the perfect lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. And then the iconic lines. A little cheesy, yes. I will say, but with heart. Mm-hmm. Given with heart. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's New Hampshire's finest. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, they got to work with what they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Armando was found guilty on 13 different charges, including first-degree murder, kidnapping, and domestic violence in connection with the beating of his wife. Um, um, And he was, like I said earlier, he was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. So he's going to be behind bars for the rest of his life. As for his wife, though, which I thought was pretty interesting... She accepted a plea deal and pleaded guilty to three counts of falsifying evidence. So it must be probably when the police like were discovering what was going on, she was like making things up because she was like still in denial and didn't want to get caught or whatever, which I can understand. Mm-hmm. Or scared or she... didn't know what was going to happen to her. And... Right. And I'm sure Armando was like threat- making threats to her at the same time. Like, you better mm-hmm. not say anything. I'll kill you next. I mean, after witnessing what happened to Jonathan, I would probably lie to the police too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd be terrified. You know? What, so is she, what was her sentencing for those? Um, it didn't say, but I'm sure it's pretty light in comparison to what um, Armando got. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some fines, but, maybe, you know, a um, parole, little parole or something. Yeah. But I'm glad Armando, you know, he got his karma kissed or <laughs> karma kissed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Karma's kiss. And he finally got sentenced. But it, I mean, mm-hmm. that's why it's so shocking. Like this only took two years. And in like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, like we talked about last week, it took so long to even get to trial. Well, I'm sure not a lot's happening in New Hampshire. So they were like, let's get this, let's get this girl moving here. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Probably. But that's all I got in this case. We finally have a, a result. So um, I can kick it into fourth gear. So fourth gear here is actually we're going international across the pond. Oh, across the pond. Across the pond. So this <laughs> is um, a European phenomenon in um, France, Britain, Belgium, and Netherlands. So it's across a bunch of countries that mm-hmm. there has been more than 300 people in France alone that have reported being pricked out of the blue with needles at nightclubs and concerts. Um, <gasps> oh, and my God. This has been um, spread throughout Europe right now. So it's um, people who are like out, they've had a couple of drinks, you know, they're dancing and they go home and they don't feel well and they find puncture marks on themselves and okay what are they doing what are they is it hiv so that's been a big concern um so they've had everyone that's been reporting this they've gotten tested um and so far there hasn't been any hiv or hepatitis infections some of them don't even have anything in them like they've gone and gotten tested and it was nothing like maybe they weren't they got pricked, but they started walking away, and so it wasn't like a full prick. Um, but yeah. so, so some people actually did get um, tested positive. Two people tested positive for G- GHB, which is roofies, 
is what it's commonly known as, which are usually used to, um, you know, sedate people to sexually assault them. Um, Which I hear that's coming back. Well, yeah. And so I'm I'm thinking this is probably part of it, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So luckily, no one has been sexually assaulted. But some person who was who got the GHB said that he was robbed afterwards. Um, Yeah. So it's um, a lot of people are worried about the HIV and hepatitis piece are worried um, about people getting injected with drugs, getting, you know, and all of this stuff, especially with coronavirus, there people are, you know, we shouldn't be sharing things and, and all of this stuff. And it's happening. Um, It happened a lot last month at the, there's a Belgian pride parade um, in Brussels and um, there was several cases of people being pricked there as well. Um, And even in France, a rapper, a famous rapper, Dino's, I maybe that's he's French, but he actually made a public statement at his concert prior to the concert happening, being like, this has to stop everyone, you know, be safe, be careful. I won't tolerate this at my show and that sort of thing. So it's, yeah. Um, even like Europe, European entertainers are speaking out about it because it's become so prevalent all of a sudden. So that's so, that's, I mean, that is better than a mass shooting. But still, who goes around just pricking people? I know, and they're and it's so widespread. It has to be more than one person, and it's being done in places where you know they could easily be lost in the crowd, so you don't know who did it, or where right. people are like intoxicated like, or consuming drugs, so they're not all the way there to notice they're being pricked. I mean, yeah. and we wonder why monkeypox is spreading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it seems like at all these gay pride events, like we're, this is where all the, all the diseases are coming from. Like monkeypox was spread through like gay sex. <laughs> now we're getting pricked at fucking concerts at gay pride events too. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Leave okay, the I gotta alone. ask you if you, I, I gotta ask you if you know this term. It's called the bug chaser. No, I don't know it. Oh my god, it's so fucked up. So it's like these people who have this like fetish and their ultimate goal is to be infected with AIDS. So they're like a bug chaser because they're searching out for the right person to get AIDS from. Is that fucked up? How, how did that fetish develop? I don't know. That is called bug chasers. That is so awful. Let's go bugging. (laughs) Oh my god, no thanks. <laughs> I'll pass. I'll take a pass I'll on pass. that one. I'll take a prick. Uh, yeah, I'd rather take a prick. Maybe there's just pr- pricking people with the, the vaccine for COVID. You know what? That would be nice. And then they come I back. Know. They come back, what, six weeks later and give them the second dose? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Like a follow up. Yeah, a follow up appointment. <laughs> Here's the booster. <laughs> Well, Megan, I really hope nothing comes of these little prickings. Hopefully there's no, like, mass virus coming from them. That can be kind of terrifying. Yeah, like a bioweapon. Jesus, last thing we need. <laughs> oh, my God. But I think, is that all you have to talk about? That is all I have. So let's oh. cut her and park. 
Oh my god, program park. Let's wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Crime on Tap, another classic. But thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode. Be sure to follow us over on Crime on Tap Pod um, to be kept with the latest. Join the community. Um, we have our our logos changed to a changed to a pride flag naturally. <laughs> Marketing one hundred and one. Marketing 101, um, but be sure to listen to us on all the major streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, Breaker Breaker, the other ones. Share with your friends, yeah. friends, family, foes, and um, fuckers. And hoes. <laughs> and, and ho- bitches and hoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Where, where crime, crime is always, always on tap. tap. <laughs> <laughs>